Well, good morning and a very big warm welcome again. Weren't those insights so good? Just in the room, who was touched by those insights? Did, yeah, look at that. So there's hands up all over the room here. And I'm sure that's true for you at home because there was so much in those few sentences and those few words. And this morning, of course, you are so welcome. It is so great to see faces here. Well done for those who are here. Thank you so much for coming. You are so welcome and we so love to have you and we so love to see you. And a big warm welcome, of course, to those who are watching us online as well. So this morning, we are continuing in our Christmas series. So we have a four-part Christmas series uh, and we're on uh, the second part this morning. But first of all, I wanted to say this. I feel that the season we're in is a season to rejoice and a season to be thankful. And we're going to see why this morning. We can rejoice because we're here. We can be thankful because we're here and for many other things that we can be thankful for. And I believe this is the season to rejoice in that and to be happy about that and to focus on that and to focus on the reason why that is, which is the Lord Jesus. And that's what we will do this morning. So our theme is passionate peace. And uh, you will see as we move through the coming weeks, we'll discover the passion in the heart of God and the significance of the Prince of Peace. So that's going to be unpacked. So this morning's message is a simple message, but it's full of truth. And my prayer is that that truth will speak to you and you'll go away taking that with you in your heart. So the key scripture, the Bible verse that we're working with during these four weeks is Isaiah 9-6, and I'll just read that to you. You will know it by now. I could ask you to say it, but I won't. I'll read it to you. It's for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That is a promise that was given about Jesus and who he is and what he would bring. So this morning, over the four weeks, we've been talking about purpose last week. I'll be speaking about power this week. And next week will be passion and the fourth week will be promise. So we're looking at four aspects of what God is saying to us in that Bible verse. And I hope you enjoy these four whole four weeks. So this morning we're talking about power and we're talking about four eight words that show us that God, that reveal the plan of the Father from Jesus from the beginning of time. We're talking about eight words that show, show us that God has given Jesus the supreme place of government over the entire earth. Now, some of you, I know your minds are going, what? Just, I encourage you, stay with me while we explain that and unpack that a little bit. There's eight words that lay a foundation for the great place that God has also given to us. And those words are, and the government will be upon his shoulder. So, the first thing I wanted to say this morning is this. Jesus has been given the power to govern the whole world. And we'll see why that is. And I know there's questions some of you will have and we'll address some of those. So this morning we're going to see that Jesus has been given the power to govern the whole world. And he's been given authority by his father Father God in heaven that is above all else. So we can see in Isaiah 6, 9, that God's plan from the beginning of the time, beginning of time was that Jesus would be the one to hold all authority and power over the earth. Now the prophet Isaiah prophesied that about 470 BC. 
and he was talking, he was given a number of prophecies, a number of um, words from God about the fact his plan was to send Jesus and what Jesus would, who he would be, what he would do, who he is for us today. So here, God declared his intention for Jesus. And here he also declared his revelation to the world of who Jesus is, his place in the world and his ultimate supremacy over it, which gives us hope. And we'll come back to that this morning. So there are some big pictures in the word of God in the Bible of a big God and what was already known long before the birth of Jesus. So I'll share a couple of those with you. Psalm 103.19 says this, The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. That was already established. So heaven is the place from which all power and authority is given by God. And Psalm 47.2 says, For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. That's revealing God's place, a great king over all the earth. And now that has been given to the shoulders of Jesus. That's what we're going to see this morning. So Jesus is now the great king over all the earth. That's who he is. That's what we're seeing this morning. And this activity now rests on the shoulders of Jesus. He is the great king. His throne is in heaven and his rule is supreme. Stay with me. So today, the world in which we live right now is characterised by conflict, isn't it? Would you agree with me? Confusion, deception, rebellion, uncertainty, and we're living in the, an ongoing global pandemic, which has created many other things. But what Isaiah 6, 9 means for us this morning is this. We can confidently place our faith in Jesus and who he is. We can confidently base our faith, not on what we see, but rather it's based on what we know to be truth from the word of God as he has revealed in the Bible. We place our faith in what we know to be truth, not in what we see. And from God's word, we know a number of things. We know that Jesus is actively involved in the affairs of the We know that Jesus is active. And we'll talk about that a bit more. This is the source, I believe, of great comfort for all of us this morning, of great comfort, encouragement and peace for us, as we know that Jesus has the final say. And I believe this morning he wants you to receive that peace from your trust in him and your faith in him. He has the final say, he will work it out. We can place our faith in him in the unknown, the things that we don't understand. And with patience and humility, we can recognize that it is he who will ultimately work it all out. We can't work it all out. He will ultimately work it all out. It's beyond our understanding because his unshakable word has revealed this to us. And his word is unshakable, unchangeable. Jesus is unshakable, unchangeable, no matter what the circumstances are, as it has been all the way through time. Now, we're going to unpack the government will be upon his shoulder. These are the eight words that are so significant. And I'm sure you think of many things when you read that. The government will be on his shoulder. What does that mean? What do you think is the most important word here? Do you think it's government? Who thinks it's government? Nobody, good. Does anyone think it's shoulder? We're not sure, are we? <laughs> anyone think it's his, Jesus? Yeah, they're all important, very important. So the government will be upon his shoulder. Let me say it this way, the government will be upon his shoulder. 
or the government will be upon his shoulder, or the government will be upon his shoulder. So we can look at this from a number of different aspects, and that's what we're going to do. So let's start to unpack this in a bit more depth. Let's have a look at what the shoulder really is. The shoulder signifies power. That's the connection now between that scripture, that uh, word in the Bible, and power, because a shoulder signifies power. Let's explain this. You might be asking why. So there's several ideas here that God is explaining to us through that passage of Isaiah. Now, in the Bible, the hand, the arm, and the shoulder have significant meanings. So in the hand, it signifies power. So the hand, we use the hand, don't we? We say, stop. It's a signal. Come. It signifies power. Policemen use it, don't they? Authorities use it. The arm signifies even greater power, and it signifies rulership in the Bible. And when we lift an arm like that, there's a sense of, depending on where we're placing it, there's this sense of rulership, there's this sense of um, you know, speaking something over a group of people, if you, if you understand what I mean. That's what that's saying. Now, the shoulder signifies all power. It signifies all power. So the hand signifies power. The arm signifies greater power. The shoulder signifies all power. Now, we use the term, you know, put our shoulder to the wheel, don't we? And we know that means that you know, we're putting everything, every effort that we have into something. When we put our shoulder to the wheel, we're engaging, we're putting everything we have, we're focused on what we're doing, we know we're going to get the job done, and we're putting our shoulder to the wheel. That's what that's talking about, all power. Now, I can testify <laughs> to how much strength is in the shoulder, and I can testify to what it's like when you don't have strength in the shoulder, <laughs> having, having uh, had some shoulder problems, which, praise God, are now fine. But I can testify to how debilitating it is when you don't have that strength in the shoulder. But we know that the shoulder, often when, we, when we're leaning forwards, it's our shoulder that goes first, isn't it? And that's all power. And what that's saying is that the government of God is resting on the shoulder of Jesus, who has all power. That is something to remember. Just try and keep that image in front of you, that shoulder going to the wheel, that shoulder in the purposes of God, which is Jesus. Now, let's have a look at another part of Isaiah. Isaiah 22:22 says this. The key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder. So he shall open and no one shall shut. And he shall shut and no one shall open. What this means, this is speaking of Jesus inheriting the earthly throne of King David, who was the king of Israel. And uh, God promised Israel, that nation of Israel, that he would send another king. And Jesus came and fulfilled that. So Israel was promised a coming king. And he came, of course, to reveal a much greater kingdom than an earthly kingdom. He came to reveal a heavenly kingdom, a much greater kingdom than the purely earthly kingdom that we see this morning. So if we look at Isaiah 9, 6, together with Isaiah 22, those two Bible verses, it speaks of these 10 things about Jesus. They speak of this. They speak of his power. They speak of his might. They speak of his involvement. They speak of his activity his proactiveness, it speaks of his willingness, his commitment, his obedience, his nature, and his perfect judgment. 
So the government on Jesus' shoulder is not something that Jesus said, look, this is really heavy, I don't really want it. No, this is telling us that Jesus willingly takes that, willingly exercises that, willingly takes all of that um, that that means upon his shoulders. That's something we can celebrate this morning because it's not on our shoulders, it's on his shoulders this morning. And he is active, we'll see that, he's proactive. Now the name Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, his name has an interesting meaning. And his name means Yahweh will save. Now Yahweh was the name for the God of Israel. And uh, Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to save. We'll come back to this. Now there's another picture in the Bible of the shoulder of Jesus that also speaks of his power. This is a different picture. So if we go to Luke 15:5, the parable of the lost sheep, where Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he was talking about that if a shepherd loses one sheep, he will leave the 99 and go and look for the one. That's, that's what Jesus said. He's, he's talking about his nature again, that he'll go and look for the one who is lost, the one who has strayed, uh, the one who Jesus wants to draw to him. But the image, he says, he says this, and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Now, there's a significance in that, that, that Jesus talked about the shepherd placing that sheep, that lost sheep, on his shoulders and was rejoicing about that because he's rejoicing over everyone who comes to him. But this is it. Jesus' power, Jesus has the power to save, to heal, to set free. What he opens in his kingdom remains open. What he closes remains closed. So when he opens up things, it remains open and nobody can close it. When he opens up his kingdom to you and you come in and say, yes, Jesus, nobody else can close that. So this morning's this morning to stop and think for a moment about where we've come to so far. And this morning is the morning to consider who Jesus is and to receive Jesus into your life if you have not yet had the opportunity to do so. This great King, this one who has the power to save, the power to heal, and who loves that, that sheep so much that he would carry us on his shoulders. Because at one stage we were all lost sheep and he carried us on his shoulders. There'll be an opportunity later to respond to his invitation. So that's the shoulder. So it's very significant, the shoulder. Now, let's have a look at his government. So the government of Jesus, his government reflects his nature. It must do that. So government in this context means the government of an empire, and that's usually a group of nations. And here we are speaking of Jesus being given an incontestable right to govern the earth by God. Here God reveals his intention for Jesus, his son, that he would rule over his kingdom in righteousness and peace. All the nations today are not yet submitted to Jesus, but that time will come because the Bible tells us so. So he is the rightful ruler, but he rules over his kingdom. Now we know also that the kingdom of Jesus is an invisible kingdom. We don't see everything in his kingdom. We know it's there by faith. We know that Jesus' kingdom transcends what is seen on the earth, but we know it's there because through faith, we, we, we sense his activity, we know his activity in our lives. We see what he does, we feel what he does. So Jesus will always govern well. This is important. 
He will always govern well without complaint, and he will always set his shoulder to the task. He's never going to pull back and say, this is too hard. He's never going to pull back and say, this is not important enough. He's never going to pull back and say, I'm tired now, I need a rest. No, Jesus will not do that. He will always govern well. He governs with righteousness at all times because he is righteous. He is righteous. He is the righteous one. He is the source of truth. His is also a peaceful government in line with his character as the Prince of Peace, because that's who he is. He is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the supreme and only ruler, and his rule is consistent at all times because he does not change. We can depend upon him. We can rely upon him. We can rest in him, knowing that he has the final say. We can look further into his word, for insights into his reign. Psalm 67 4 says, I let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations of the earth. There's an expectation that we can have in our hearts. Despite what we see, we know that that is the truth because that is his nature. This speaks of the righteous judgment of God, which is now on the shoulders of Jesus and the joy that we have in knowing who he is. I want you to experience that joy this morning because there's, there's a real release, I believe, this morning, you know, in, in letting things go and letting Jesus take them and let him work it all out. Isaiah 26.3 again says, You will keep him in, and her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So there's an essence here of trusting in him, that we walk in the peace of trusting in him, his government is peace, and that's inside of us as well as what we might experience around us. Peace is a certain evidence of his reign. We can walk in his peace this morning because he reigns and he is the Prince of Peace. As his government increases, peace increases. The more uh, Jesus' government, when we are actually in that place of um, following Jesus and, and living uh, in that place, there's peace that comes around us because that's his promise. He's the Prince of Peace. He also rules in our hearts. So again, his government in our hearts is a rule of peace. It also speaks to that inner peace and empowerment and only Jesus can provide this peace which is way beyond human understanding. And I, I know many people have and I've experienced it myself and I know many of you uh, have experienced this and, and you will experience it, that there's a peace that you can't explain sometimes in the middle of a storm. A peace that you can't explain. Has anyone experienced that? Yeah, that, that's, that comes from Jesus. That's, that's what he brings into our lives. In the middle of things that are difficult or challenging or things might be uh, going on around us that uh, we struggle with, there is that promise that he brings that peace into our hearts in the middle of all of that because he is the Prince of Peace and he came to do that. So the more we are subject to Jesus, the more we follow Jesus, the more we accept his word into our life, the more surrendered our lives are to him, the more at ease and safe we are. The more at ease and safe we are because we're safe with Jesus because he rules. So by now I can imagine that there are some questions that people might have. What about, you know, what about evil? How do we handle all of that? What about the nations that rebel against Jesus? And we're seeing that for, for sure. Well, the Bible tells us this, tells us that there will be a, come a time of reckoning before Jesus, a time when we all will stand before him. 
and he will work it all out because he will have the final say. What I feel he wants to say to you this morning is this. You can trust him to do good. You can trust him to govern well. You can trust him for safety and protection because that is part of his promise to you. We have the great gift of being able to keep our eyes on Jesus, live in his peace in the middle of the turbulence of this age, knowing by faith that he reigns. He will work it out. He is greater than we are. Our minds cannot comprehend what God can comprehend and therefore what Jesus can comprehend. But our minds don't need to because we can place our faith and our trust in him and let him do what he does best. His kingdom is everlasting. His government is everlasting. We'll just touch on that. I think I'm off. No, I'm on again. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. This also speaks of a certainty of a kingdom that cannot be shaken, a king who does not grow weary or falter, a king who remains true to his nature and whose righteousness never fails. Earthly kings and leaders can falter, but Jesus never falters and he never fails because that's who he is. He is consistent with his word at all times and his word is passed from generation to generation through faith in Jesus. On earth it is a growing kingdom which will come into perfection in its ultimate fulfillment at the end of this age, as the Bible tells us. So this morning, God's plan for us also is that we would co-labor with Jesus as heirs to his kingdom. We carry and release the peaceful power that we have within us to bring about God's purposes on the earth. So we are part of that, part of that with him. I'm just going to skip over a couple of things here. So in the areas of earthly authority, we look to Jesus and his word as our source of what is righteous and what is not, because there is no other source. There is no one who, is, who is, uh, carries righteousness like Jesus. We look to him. That's who we look to. In the affairs of the earth, we have been given some responsibilities, but Jesus alone is righteous in his nature and sees all. He's able to do this. And even though we carry his authority on earth, he still does have the final say. And we do understand this. So we can place our confidence in him, in his power to be who his word promises that he is. So this morning, we're able to let go, to let Jesus take care of those things that his sh shoulders alone can carry. How big do we think the shoulders of Jesus are? They're very big, very, very big and very, very strong. So this morning, his invitation to us is to let go of those things that we're carrying that only he can carry and let him carry them this morning. He alone is wonderful. He alone is counsellor. He alone is mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. He alone, there is no other. We carry the power of his life, the power of his message. We are also called to live in the promise, power, passion, sorry, the purpose, power, passion and promise of Jesus that's a great promise this morning it's a great invitation this morning I feel that Jesus is calling us this morning to engage with him 
to surrender those things that we're carrying that he does not want us to carry, the things that we're trying to work out and we're struggling with but we don't understand, because he does. He does not want us to carry those things this morning because he carries them. The things around our lives that are troubling us, the things in our families that are troubling us, the things that we see around us in our community, the things that we see around us in our world, we're not meant to carry the burden of that on our shoulders because Jesus carries it and it's been given to him. It's been given to him. We have been given our part, each of us, in our daily lives. He wants us to carry that, but no more. And there are times when we can become a bit overwhelmed. We can start to feel a bit discouraged when we look around us. We see a global pandemic that doesn't look like it has an end. We see all sorts of things happening here, but we can't carry that. Jesus knows about it. He knows all about it. He is already carrying it. We can't always see it, but by faith, his word has told us. He has been revealed to us for who he is. The government is on his shoulders. What a gift was given to us. What a great gift God gave when he sent his son. What a great gift when he sent Jesus to us. That Jesus would not only take our sin, it would take our place and give us the opportunity for a life beyond anything that we could ever have known. And he gives us that opportunity to live in this world, in that place of faith, in that place of peace. Not to carry those things that we have not been asked to carry because Jesus has been asked to carry them. That's an important point. Jesus has been asked to carry that. There are times when we say, Lord, I don't understand this and I cannot carry this. This is too heavy. But Jesus, I know that you will carry it. You will carry it. So I'd love to pray with you just for the last couple of minutes. Would you like to do that? Who'd like to join in? Yeah, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. You can stand if you want to. You can remain seated if you want to, wherever you feel comfortable. Lord, we thank you that you have been revealed to us as the great king whose shoulders are so big, so strong, so great that you carry all of us, Lord. You carried all of us to the cross at Calvary, Jesus, all of us. You carried on your shoulders to the cross that we might live, that we might have the freedom, Lord, to live in the place that you have given us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're always at work, Lord. You're always at work and you give us the opportunity to join with you. And we do that through prayer. We do it through uh, responding, Lord, and, and uh, taking our place that you've called us into. But Lord, this morning, we let go of those things that we are not called to carry because Jesus, your shoulders are so big. Your power is so great. And Father has placed it on your shoulders to govern this world to govern your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, that your kingdom is a growing kingdom. It's a supernatural kingdom as well as an earthly kingdom. Lord, we thank you that your kingdom lasts until eternity. It's a kingdom that cannot be shaken. No matter what happens in the world, the kingdom cannot be shaken. It will continue to grow. It will continue to be what Jesus has called it to be and what he has spoken that it would be. So Lord, we thank you this morning.
we thank you this morning. Holy Spirit, would you activate us now? Would you activate us in faith, Holy Spirit? Would you activate our trust? Lord, as we choose to place our confidence in you this morning, Jesus, we place our confidence in you and you alone. And Lord, we do that with rejoicing, Lord, not with sadness. Lord, it's not a heavy thing. It's a joyful thing. It's a joyful thing. Thank you, Jesus, because you are here. You are here, you are active, you are at work. Sometimes we, we can be blinded, a strong word, but sometimes we can to who he is because the things that are in front of us right now are the cares of this world and the affairs of this world. Now, there are some who God has given responsibility for that too. But for most of us, that's not the case. We have responsibility that God has given us individually. But we are not rulers of the world. We are not rulers of nations. But Jesus is. So, Lord, this morning as we look to the Christmas season, as we look to celebrate, Jesus, your birth, we're remembering that you said, your Father said that you would come. We're remembering who you are. We're remembering those promises. We're remembering that you have come, Lord, and that you are all of those things that Isaiah said you would be. You know, when something is prophesied like that, it's just really speaking the truth. It didn't happen just because Isaiah was given that word. Jesus already was all of those things from the beginning of the time. Jesus, you are wonderful counsellor. You were there at creation. You were part of creation, Jesus. You were there at the beginning of time and you'll be there at the end of time. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we're just, wow, his presence is increasing in here right now. Thank you, Jesus, for the increase of your presence. Lord, would you touch each one of us and those watching online? Would you touch each one of us now, Lord? I really feel that he wants to release peace. So, Lord, thank you. We receive that peace. We let go right now of all the struggles. We let them go right now. It's just like we're going to cut them off. It's like this cord that sometimes holds us and it's like something pulling us back. And it's the things we've been through and the things that are unresolved. But Lord, we cut them off right now in the name of Jesus. We cut off all of those things, Lord, those things that are unresolved in our minds because peace can reign in our hearts because our minds don't need to understand. We exercise our faith in who you are. Wonderful, counsellor, Prince of Peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Touch us now, Lord. Touch each one. Lord, we just break off right now. Lord, anyone who has a sense, Lord, that they have not been accepted by Jesus, he wants to say, yes, you have. Anyone who has a sense that somehow they feel that they're outside of all of this, because that's not true. Each is included. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He wants to pour out his love right now. I'm going to take a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Pour out your love right now. Pour it out, Lord. Pour it out. Pour it out. Let your healing love flow right now. In Jesus' name. 
Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So right now I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you have not known Jesus or you have not known him personally and you would like to do that this morning, I'm going to invite everyone here to pray this prayer after me. This is a prayer, an opportunity to say, Jesus, I want to belong to you. I accept you. I want to be part of your kingdom. So could you play after me? Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that you are the Son of God, that you came to earth as a man, and that you died in my place. Jesus, this morning, I choose to turn away from my past and I let go of my sin and all those areas that are holding me back. And Jesus, I choose to follow you this morning. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. And we use the term, we say, make Jesus Lord of our life. What we're really saying is, Jesus, we're choosing you. So I'm going to use those words. Jesus, I choose you this morning above all others. Thank you, Jesus. So Lord, would you touch right now, Lord? Would you touch everyone who's prayed this prayer, Lord? Would you touch each one, whether it's in the room here or online? Lord, would you reveal yourself to those, Lord, who don't yet know you in a way in which you want to be known? Would you reveal yourself, Lord? Would you touch lives right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if anyone needs healing right now, Lord, we thank you for your healing grace right now. In Jesus' name, if there's anyone who's got pain in their body, just pop your hand on that area where there's pain right now. Lord, we thank you that you're releasing your healing power right now. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We could stay here for a long time, but we're not able to this morning. So thank you so much for being with us this morning, those who are online. Thank you for those who are in the room. For those who are in the room, I'd ask you if you have a couple more minutes, if you could wait a few minutes, that would be great. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go to a video which you're going to really enjoy. 